You are listening to the Tales of Grimoire. Turn down the lights, grab a snack, and listen. Book One, The Lost God, Chapter Two, The Murder. He was found this morning? Yes, Counselor. The boy's father came to repair a damaged area of the fence and found him in a drainage ditch, Constable Diama answered. Kimiko frowned. How is the father? He found his son dead in a rice field before his first cup of tea, Counselor, the constable replied. We'll speak to him when we're done here. I'll make sure he gets whatever he needs. No one has touched the body? The farmer removed him from the ditch. Most of him, anyway. After that, my men recognized the nature of his wounds, and he has been left undisturbed, per your orders, Counselor, he answered. Kimiko knelt down next to the boy's corpse with the constable. His liver is missing. And a great many feet of intestine, Counselor, he added. Where is the right arm? In the ditch, Counselor, he answered. Look at those marks on his leg. They look the same as those from the sheep last week. See how they curve at the end of each cut. Kimiko withdrew her measuring rod and probed one of the gashes. She forced the bile down along with the memories as a trickle of blood flowed from the wound. <sighs> Eight centimeters. It could have been a bear, Counselor, the constable offered. A bear wouldn't have left this much meat. I have some experience on the matter. Kimiko's mind filled with images of the forest. She could still see the skeleton pooled in the last of its blood. She could still see the bear looming over her. She pushed the memories down. A wolf couldn't have left gashes like these. It has to be the same creature. The constable shook his head. It hasn't attacked humans, not in the four months it's been active, Counselor. Why would it start hunting us now? Kimiko paused for a moment, unsure how much she should share with the man. She was loath to lie, but the Council had insisted on secrecy for this investigation. No one wanted a panicked citizenry, even if it meant a dangerously uninformed one. The funeral flashed in Kimiko's mind. She could see the bones and feel the tears. The stinging cold and the stinging loss were still fresh. Looking down at what remained of the boy, Kimiko could not justify secrecy. If no one else, Diama needed to know what his people were facing. 
There would be no more funerals on Kimiko's account. It hasn't attacked a human here. Silence descended as the lawman pondered the implication. Kimiko pushed down the intense flash of regret at the admission. It was too late to worry about the council's orders now. How many? he asked. I've confirmed five in the last year. There have been seventeen unexplained disappearances in that time as well. It seems to be moving around the prefecture. This is the closest it's ever gotten to the capital. Kimiko hesitated, unsure if she should add the thought that was desperately trying to escape her head. The thought she had not even shared with the other counselors. And I don't think it's alone. The air felt heavy after she said it. A chill ran down Kimiko's spine at the admission. What do you mean, Counselor? The constable asked. Strange deaths have been on the rise for five years. Not only here, but all across Gaon, even in other lands. My father assigned me this task three years ago, when the first body with these gashes was discovered. In that time, I have seen other types of body. Whatever is doing this has been doing it for years. And other things are lurking in the darkness with it. Kimiko turned her attention to the start of the forest, not one hundred meters away. The divide between the rice fields and the sea of trees was stark. The farmers were trying to keep it at bay, but the forest was clearly intent on approaching. The forest seemed ready to swallow the whole village up. Why, five years ago? The constable asked. Kimiko held her gaze on the trees while answering, I have a theory. The constable waited for an explanation that Kimiko would never give. She rose to her feet and motioned for her samurai to follow her. She heard the constable crunching over the dying grass behind them as she led the group toward the trees. Kimiko stopped short at the tree that had caught her eye. These markings curve at the end. Kimiko probed the gashes in the tree bark. Eight centimeters. A chill ran down Kimiko's spine. Whatever killed the boy had gone through here. Sap was still leaking from the wounds. She cast her gaze about the immediate area. The forest was chillingly cheerful. The multicolored bed of leaves was softly dappled by sunbeams falling between the bare branches of the trees. Songbirds chirped serenely while small rodents scampered amongst the underbrush. Somewhere, a monster was waiting. Kimiko began walking into the foliage. She was no stranger to the forests of Norest. Experience only heightened her anxiety. She knew exactly what terrors were lurking behind the cheerful facade before the incidents had started. 
She could scarcely imagine what might be lurking here now. Her party began crunching over the fallen leaves behind her as she scanned the ground. After a beat, she found what she was looking for and knelt. These leaves were crushed. Split leaves were buried beneath the intact upper layer. Kimiko could just make out a partially covered trail through the leaf litter. It extended far past her line of sight into the unknown depths of the forest. This is the first trail I've seen. Kimiko instinctively reached for a sword that was not on her back. Balling her fists, she breathed deeply. Every fiber in her being was resisting. Every hair was standing on end. Every inch of flesh was crawling. She had no idea what she would find if she followed this trail, save that it would be dangerous. Her instincts were shouting, begging for her to run. She crept forward. She could not let the first fresh trail go unfollowed. Not after all these years. Not after all these deaths. Her nerves did not settle as she went forth. Every crunch of leaves beneath her boots sounded like a warning. Cold sweat was escaping from every pore. The trail went on for meters. The forest seemed unchanged. Animals continued to trill and chirp. The sun continued to shine. Chills were racing across Kimiko's flesh. Something felt very wrong. The trail went on for tens of meters more. The coverage was lesser, and the trail clearer. The trail was fresher. The trail went on for hundreds of meters more. Penetrating deeper into the heart of the forest, the trail was becoming an increasingly clear path. Kimiko's mind was running wild, imagining what might lie at the end of the trail, imagining what was capable of the things she had seen. Kimiko looked over her shoulder and could no longer make out the village. Her samurai had their swords drawn. The constable had his truncheon at the ready. Kimiko pushed down her fear and continued on. She had to seize this opportunity. Whatever it was, it was big. The path was almost a meter wide. It must not be particularly heavy, though, because the crushed layer was quite thin. The underlying soil was barely disturbed. She shivered at the thought of an enormous beast creeping lightly over the forest floor. She tried to push the thought down, but it was a very real possibility that it could sneak up and take her completely unaware. It must have been over a kilometer now. The village seemed impossibly far away. Sweat was soaking Kimiko's tunic. The insanity of what she was doing was truly beginning to sink in. She was walking unarmed directly toward a man-eating giant with razor-sharp claws the length of daggers that could move silently. Her heart was racing. She could hear every beat ringing in her ears. 
Her palms felt weak and her legs were shaking. As the trail approached two kilometers, she was on the verge of a panic attack. Her breathing was rapid and her lungs were burning. Tears were forming at the edges of her eyes. She was clenching her fists so tightly her nails had dug into her palms and blood was dripping down into the leaf litter. The trail wound between two cedar trees. As soon as Kimiko passed them, she felt goose flesh erupt on her arms. She could feel something staring her down. She stopped dead in her tracks. The crunching did not stop. Kimiko looked behind her and saw that her companions were all still. The crunching continued. Kimiko's jaw clenched tight. She could feel every muscle in her body shaking. The crunching was getting louder. She cast her gaze wildly about, looking for the source. The forest was clear in every direction. Nothing seemed to be moving. Even the birds had stopped chirping. Do you see anything? No, Counselor, the constable whispered back. The hairs on the back of Kimiko's neck raised. The thing was close. It was so close. She could feel its presence in her bones. An awful stench filled the area. Kimiko could feel her stomach churning in the miasma of rotting flesh smell. The crunching was getting louder. Tears began streaming down her face. She wished desperately that she had followed her instincts, that she could be anywhere else but here. It was close. It was so close. The crunching was unbearable. The crunching was cacophonous. The smell faded. Kimiko released a breath she had not realized she was holding. She looked wildly about her. She sniffed at the air like an animal. Absolutely nothing. What had happened? The crunching continued. Kimiko looked over her shoulder. A horseman was approaching quickly through the trees. He dismounted and hurried over. Counselor, we have to go, he shouted. 